I think that's a reasonable career goal as well, is to, is to sort of get yourself to a stage where no matter what happens on the plane, plane crashes, you will get a mention. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 127 somehow of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, sound effects this week, but yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. But hold your colours, because we're about to come alive with a bonfire-worthy episode. You make me fucking rage. I thought, right, my puns are like witchcraft. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Well, funnily enough, I spoke to this week's guest off air, and he told me he got a new song called Morgan Don't Do Any More Fucking Puns, You Prick. So I'm going to say my favourite song is Morgan Don't Do Any More Puns, You Fucking Prick. (laughs) This week's guest is um, DJ, producer, multi-instrumentalist, multi-instrumentalist, multi-instrumentalist. Jesus Christ, I'm super sorry. It's early in the morning. I just had a coffee. This week's guest is Australian legend Gareth McGrillan of Pendulum and Knife Party fame. Yes, one of the most influential drum and bass acts of the 21st century. And for me, a gateway drug between the worlds of metal and electronic dance music. For the first time in 10 years, Pendulum are back releasing a host of singles after their long hiatus. And there's a lot for us to talk about in this conversation. Gareth reveals all about their reunion and breakup, the new Pendulum Trinity DJ act versus the live band lineup, new music, all the success of Knife Party, and an in-depth look into the EDM world and how mental it is. We're super excited about this one. It's one we've wanted to do for a while, and it's someone you have a lot of history with, Sean. Yes, first person I ever tried absinthe with, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like people, t- <laughs> I guess people wouldn't wouldn't expect this, but yeah, yeah, me and Gareth have been friends for, oh, it's probably since 2007, maybe 2008 or something like that. And yeah, we, we talk about the story of how we met. Um, 
at the beginning of the interview and yeah it's just what a, what a crazy small world like I was a massive Pendulum fan before even getting to know Gareth so um, you know after getting to know him spent time with him hang out party in Ibiza with him and it's just been a wild ride and uh, yeah he's always been fantastic to me so uh, yeah thanks again to Gareth for doing this and yeah thank you for his management for helping sort it out as well it's tidy yeah but the thing is like back in the day I always remember um, especially around festival seasons when you and the Blackout would do loads of interviews and people would kind of ask like your dream festival lineups and headliners and all that kind of thing um, you'd always big up Knife Party and there was always that kind of love between you guys even back then yeah oh no I've always loved Pendulum and Knife Party really yeah it's it's weird really thinking about it because like I went from being a fan of that band to being kind of friendly with them and then next minute I'm in Australia and I get a text saying are you in Australia and then <laughs> an hour later me and Gareth are hanging out all the way across the other side of the world when we previously hung out in London like it's mad but um always been um, a good laugh and good fun and yeah, I remember early on when, yeah, when we first befriended each other, it would be like me, my friend Scott, Bob from The Blackout, Gareth, um, our friend Jordan Fish, another one from Bring Me Horizon. Um, and yeah, we'd all play like Call of Duty and stuff together. So yeah, I, I, I didn't even mention that on this while talking to him, but I forgot. Yeah, we, we must have spent fucking hours playing Call of Duty together. Here we are, here we are in 2021 talking to each other for Sapling Podcast and it was it was absolutely amazing to reconnect with him, genuinely. I sent him a message after it, thanking him again and yeah, it's just, it's just mad how people kind of like fall out of touch. Mm. But then you can do something like this and you pick it right back off like you haven't missed a second of each other. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was awesome, it was awesome, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a really good conversation. Gareth is super open and literally gives us the gossip about everything. And as I said, they definitely are that gateway band for a lot of people, especially, you know, I'm slightly younger and I definitely think a lot of people of my generation of music fans found that the perfect mixture between metal and drum and bass and everything. I remember a lot of group of friends in school just having different interests and bonding over their records. So we're going to get all the secrets behind everything. But very quickly, just a reminder before we get into it, um, if you enjoy what Sean and I do, giving you brand new podcasts each and every week with fantastic guests every week mind please go and check out our patreon page patreon.com forward slash sapnin where not only can you help us create this each and every week i can't stress that enough but get to become a member of our wonderful community meet some new best friends and get a lot of extra rewards for your pledges as well yes if you've listened to three or more episodes of this and laughed or enjoyed that means you at least owe us to come and be a patron for at least a month come on come and hang out check out patreon.com for slash happening it all goes back to keeping us alive and keeping this podcast going so um it's it's the patron has literally been our savior i think over this pandemic time so yeah thank you very much to everyone who's already a patron you honestly honestly are helping us survive so thank you very much patreon.com forward slash happening if you want to let us know your thoughts if you've in, if you've listened to three or more of these podcasts and not enjoyed them <laughs> let us know <laughs> at sapping pod on twitter and instagram at s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d on twitter and instagram and uh yeah thank you guys let us know if there's any guests you want 
any questions, any follow-up questions you've got for guests we've had on, especially if there's something we've missed out that you wanted to know about a guest, maybe we can get them back on. And especially with everything slowly, potentially opening back up. Oh, don't jinx it, Sean. Don't jinx it. Come on. I've jinxed it. No. Everything's fine. We're all going to be back to normal by October. That's a Sean Smith guarantee. That is not a guarantee. <laughs> well, before you get yourself into any more trouble and somehow become liable to the both of us, let's just get into this wonderful conversation with Gareth from Pendulum and Knife Party. Yes, Gareth McGrillan, I love you very much. Fucking Sapnin! 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 I wonder if you could do a remix of some Sapnin! Wow! Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Something! 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 Yes! Yay. <laughs> yes, this week's guest, despite the slightly Welsh accent, is um, <laughs> Australian multi-instrumentalist, producer, and all-round legend, Gareth McGrillan of yes. Pendulum and Knife Party. How are you, Gareth? Very well, thanks, guys. Good to see you again. Yes, it's yeah. been it's been a, quite a while since we last saw each other. Um, we were talking about this off-air just now. I reckon the last time we saw each other was either the time that you DJed with Knife Party at, was it the O2 Arena, and I was sick and I stayed at your house, <laughs> or it was when we were on, we were on some river. What about in Ibiza? No, in Ibiza, we, we had a villa in Ibiza. Oh, like the, yeah. The Ibiza Rocks gave us a villa for the night, which is the dumbest idea they could have ever had. 
because all the fur- all the furniture ended up in the pool and true <laughs> very yeah. cringy cringy rocks rock style nice. yeah it was good though i enjoyed it that was that was awesome but yeah like that's the thing like a, a lot of people listening to this don't re- like don't even know i guess that we know each other do you remember how we met this is an interesting story um well he looks worried you, he looks you worried can say and no. concerned you can say no. yeah we i just don't want to get it wrong because <laughs> we've, we've been we've been running into each other so for so often so many times yeah was it in bristol well yeah the first time yeah, we, we actually Boom. we actually Ooh. met yeah was in bristol but it came about because me and you had previously um Never spoken. Um, I didn't even know that you knew about the blackout. I was a big fan of Pendulum, but didn't... Like, I never thought for a second you'd even have heard of the blackout. And there was a girl um, from Exeter... Always, always, always a girl. (laughs) And there was a a girl from Exeter who, for some reason, was going between us, saying that we hated each other's bands. And I was like... (laughs) I was like, the fact that he... If he even knows of the blackout... I do do remember it now. Um, and yeah, she went back and forth talking shit about both of us. And then our friend Jenny Wheeler came and Jenny Wheeler messaged me one day and was like, have you got a problem with Pendulum? And I was like, <laughs> fucking no, apart from they don't play often enough in Wales. That's the only fucking problem I've got. And she was like, oh, OK, because, yeah, Gareth's been told this shit. And then, yeah, oh, we both yeah. found out. And then, yeah, we ended I came to that gig in Bristol with with Jenny, I think. And that was good fun. Yes. Yeah, shout out to Jenny. Yeah, she's a she's a healer in the scene where some big, some girls are real winners. Yeah. yeah, she's doing really well at the moment. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was the first time we met, and then um, yeah, I've lucky enough to have been invited to come hang out at the villa in Ibiza. That was fun, and yeah, that night I stayed at your house, and you. Um, I, th- I think I think the the whole thing is is if you're on Ibiza and you come across someone who's who's in the the metal or hardcore or even just any scene that has a guitar in it, you come across those people. And you're in Ibiza, instant family. They're, 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 yeah, you're all you're all hanging out because it's such a rarity. It's like fucking unicorn seeing <laughs> seeing anyone anyone from the anyone from the guitar world being out in Ibiza around those times. Hmm. What, what were you doing? What were you doing in Ibiza? What was I doing there? Um, <laughs> you can't remember. Was it? Was it start the party videos? No, or? it was. No, I think it was before that. Um, no, I think I literally just went there for for a holiday. <laughs> Me and my ex-girlfriend, and... Um, for the crack. Yeah, well, not crack, but yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the first night, the first night in Ibiza, we went to see Skrillex, and right, he, yep. tu- he turned up late. Oh, surprise, surprise. It's um, not like him, it's not like him. He's turned up, he's, yeah, he's turned up two hours late. I've worn a jacket, uh, I've worn a leather jacket to amnesia, like a fucking idiot <laughs> would, and I've, yeah. I've passed out. And crack my head open first night in Ibiza, and then that's right. You did have a bandage on your head, didn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I look like Terry Butcher, the old English centre back. But yeah, we've um, we've had some fantastic nights, and yeah, every time I've seen Pendulum or you guys as knife party, it's been fucking amazing. So um, yeah, how I, I can't. Believe, this is the longest intro we've ever yeah, had. It is really. to be honest. Yeah, it's um, a li- little bit. It's a lot but... of history. It's a lot of history to go over. <laughs> No, but yeah, we appreciate you coming on and there's so much we want to dive into. Oh, but how have you been this last kind of year in this weird pandemic world we're now living in? How's everything being in, the, in your household and whatnot? Good and bad. Um, bad in the sense that it's, it's, a, it's been a real mental test of 
of what sort of people's constitution is when it comes to just being so isolated from from human beings. Certain people that just are always around, you know, people that you know that gravi- gravitate towards pubs and and social life are probably having an absolute nightmare. Me, however, and I think I can speak for Rob as well. I've absolutely been loving the isolation, <laughs> having having to not having to not get on planes, having that sort of downtime. Because you know it was getting really ridiculous, especially with knife party. And I think in twenty in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, we did nearly two hundred flights. Or it, was, it was something ridiculous. Wow. It was it was more than it was more than like any three pilots put together or something. <laughs> I, was, I was chatting to a BA pilot once, and and then we sort of we sort of trailed off a bit just to give ourselves a bit of a, a bit of time off. Especially since you know you see quite a lot of a lot of the people in that EDM game at the minute were really ground down by the touring intensity because, you know, it's, it's a great business model because you have a USB stick, a couple of headphones and, and, and some mates with you and you jump on a plane. Sometimes even you jump on a private jet just so you can make all these connections and get to all these gigs. And it's great. It's great for, for six months, but then you sort of, you start filling the diary and you get really caught up, which is why, you know, you see quite a lot of burning out. I mean, you know, rest his soul, Avicii, I think, you know, he had a similar kind of life. And you, you can sort of look at that. You can look at these people burning out. It was, it was only sort of sod's law that me and Rob had had a previous career where we'd, where we'd recognised the beginnings of burnout and were smart enough to sort of take a step back and reduce the amount of touring you die. Because it's, diff- it's, mm. it's a really difficult thing to do. If someone offers you money to do something, <laughs> you usually just say yes. And so, it, you know, it becomes a difficult thing to turn down shows and to turn down such a huge volume of shows. But we started to take a step back in 2018 and wind things down a bit. Um, we never sort of had initial intentions of bringing Pendulum back. We knew we would, but we never really had a play, like a game plan. We didn't have a roadmap of what we were going to do. And a knife party was flying so high at the minute. So we were sort of leaning on that. And then Adam um, Rustikoff, he's the guy who owns Ultra Festival. He, <laughs> we were backstage about to do a knife party show of one of his gigs, and we just were running late as we always do. So we're, sit- we're sitting in the in, in the the vehicle, just de- just behind the stage, just frantically trying to get some songs ready on our laptop onto our USB. And he jumped into the car, locked the door. And he sat in the front, we were sitting in the back, turned around to us and said, right, what do, what do I have to do to get you motherfuckers to bring Pendulum back? And we were like, <laughs> and Rob, Rob called his bluff. He says, all right, I want uh, to headline Ultra. I want it to be a back-to-back show with Knife Party and I want a rotating platter that spins the stage around so we can see both bands like that. And he's like, done, deal. And so we looked at each other and was like, yep, yeah, looks like we have to do this now. So... Yeah, yeah. So we had to bring it back. Yeah, nice. Incredible. And now, yeah, and now a couple of years on, we're just re, you know re, re- releasing some new stuff, and hopefully next year to get back fully live again and you know get the old get all the guys back together and hit the road. Well, yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask because I've, I've seen on a lot of um, Pendulum fans are asking because like obviously now that you Rob and Paul are going out as Pendulum Trinity. They were just asking when would a live band be back? So I'm guessing that'll be later when things are a bit more opened up, I guess, is it? Definitely. Um, and Trinity was sort of a, an idea to 
obviously there's a nostalgia aspect because me, Rob and Paul hadn't DJed together in 20, 30, 40 years. Not since, oh God, I can't, I can't even remember, to be honest, when, when the last time, last three DJed together. So, but that's what, that's what we started doing in the very beginning. So we thought we would put together a show that kind of bridges the gap between coming back live and just a basic DJ set. So we've got live vocals from Rob and all the songs are special versions and, and it's DJing as well. And, it, and it, in a way, it's something we've always done because we always, um, before we would ever release an album, we would do like a, a small tour, sometimes, you know, just, just all the Oceanas in the country or mm. whatever. <laughs> and and just 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 to test the album material in a DJ sense before we released the album and brought it out. So we could do any last minute amendments to the songs if they didn't work properly or whatever. So Trinity's kind of that. But the, the main the main hope is to bring is to bring the full full live show back. You know, get 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 back on download if that ever comes back. Andy, if yeah. you're listening, and if you're listening, we're we're ready, man. We're ready to come <laughs> <Yes>. back. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like as as you mentioned, your pendulum are back now. You've started releasing your first kind of tracks in almost ten years in terms of new material and everything. But it, it's been quite a weird journey, I suppose, for people looking from the outside in because they still seen obviously you and Rob tour as, as Knife Party and the name being kind of branded about a little bit with kind of remixes and the odd kind of collaboration here and there so just for people who aren't aware what has that last decade been like behind the scenes for you guys what what has pendulum been doing in that time absolutely nothing um <laughs> paul uh paul continued djing by himself when we started the life band the live band uh rob and i stopped djing in the drum and bass scene uh it, you know it, it wasn't necessarily something that we like a duck takes to water. It wasn't really, it was something that we felt very proficient at, I guess. I don't know. It was, it was great and it was fun, but when we had the live band as, as, as the other option, it was, it was just, it just felt right to step away from DJing as Pendulum at the time. And then obviously Pendulum had its career sort of run its full spectrum as, you know, as live band. And then I think we just fell out of love with it. Uh, we were getting to a stage where EDM was just about to pop and we had, we had kids like Skrillex. I say kids because he was a kid at the time saying to us, you know, I, you know, I was heavily inspired by you guys and now I'm making this kind of stuff. And we, we had this just massive FOMO that this EDM thing was about to burst, become something huge. Meanwhile, we were stuck to a, almost just stuck to a tempo. We were stuck to drum and bass and doing pendulum even though pendulum was riding very high at the time we'd just fallen out of love with it for the minute and needed a break so we buried it overnight basically and started knife party and went went down that road you know there, there was always the intention to come back just when and how only sort of materialized later on at that time we just we just weren't feeling it and we, we you know we, we saw everyone over there having having fun and we were over here sort of almost stuck in that rut of those, those UK festivals, then the European festivals, then maybe America, if you're lucky, if you're really, really lucky, you can get across to America for a couple and then back and then just rinse, repeat. But meanwhile, this really exciting thing of EDM was just about to burst. And so we, we just wanted to, we wanted a part of that. And so we, yeah, we put Pendulum to bed for a minute and then just went on that knife party journey. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Well, with, um, with Driver and uh, Nothing for Free Out now, when, when did you guys start writing those then? 
Well, like when did the idea um, of come back? Nothing for free was something that was uh, that was initially for Knife Party. Rob had come up with the idea and the vocals, and then we were in LA and we'd we'd we were we were we were writing it for Knife Party, and it had this this it was like a trap. <laughs> it was completely different. And Rob had people that he was showing it to saying to him, that sounds like a pendulum track, which in retrospect, it blatantly was. But at the time we were trying to, and it's, it's one of those rare occasions where we're writing something for the opposite band. And mm. it just, it's just blatantly for the other band. If you know. <laughs> which, which is, it's a rare thing. It, it does make it sound like we're very confused when we're in the studio, <laughs> but, <laughs> but typically things have, have a very distinctive direction, but, this is just one of those ones that had hung about for a while. It was such a strong song that, you know, it, it just, it really lent itself to being a pendulum song. And, and then Driver, Driver came about because we had, obviously we had the first Trinity show coming up, which was Southwest 4 in London. And, you know, we, we knew that if pendulum's coming back for the first time in 10 years, we can't really, we can't really go too left field with the first thing that people hear, that the, these fans hear in all, all that time. So it was intended to be a straight down the line banger. Like Rob had loads of ideas for it that, that he'd had around for a bit and then pulled them together in, in a way that just made it really just, I think, I think it sounds very, it sounds like a very current version of what Pendulum was when it, when, when we'd sort of put it to bed with, with a very, with an updated sound, that was the intent for it. And yeah, it was, thank fuck, the reaction was so positive because <laughs> we're kind of shitting ourselves. Because, you know, you, know, you have in one, in one part of your mind, you're like, a, a fan's going to think, oh, they haven't even moved on in 10 years. Or a fan's going to think they've moved on too much in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So you kind, of, you, you kind of, you know, you want to ride that line between, yeah. between the two of them. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Like you said, um, Driver to me is... Harder, harder updated pendulum. I find like it. It feels it feels that way, and then and then nothing for free. Add like that. It's got like that big rock, metally kind of electronic vibe as well. And I love that as well. So I'm yeah, I'm super super excited to see what's next. So what are the plans apart from like I know you've got a couple of festival dates booked and stuff, and yeah, quite a few festival dates. Uh, TBC. I mean, they're booked and they're confirmed, but they're still in this day and age. Everything's TBC. Quite a bit in America as well, and then uh, once this pendulum stuff's properly out there and um, released, we're going to take a, another visit back to Knife Party because we've we've sort of not neglected, but we've let Knife Party have a breather for a while. I think in a similar way, but without as much time passing, we're going to come back to Knife Party and sort of test our audience again and see what sort of you know see what direction we want to take it and hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. And and mentioning the kind of songwriting and different projects between Pendulum and Knife Party, how do you guys really go about writing for each project and just that kind of music in particular? Because as we've kind of alluded to already, they both have such different and vast influences over mm. your careers and stuff. Is it just an element of when you are in that mindset, writing whatever comes natural, or is it a kind of process that maybe you or Rob or other guys in the band get together and try and work out things? How, how does it actually all come together? It varies, but I mean, typically it will be, we will have an, 
intention. So we'll be, we'll, we'll be intending to write an EP, intending to write a single or intending to do something. And Rob will go away and come up, come up with all sorts of ideas for that. So if something grabs us, we'll just sort of run in a direction. And it can start from anything from an idea or, or a sample or a vocal or a concept for, for a song. And Rob will put it together in a way that, you know, we can, you know, we can see if the song kind of writes itself or, or if it, it needs work in a certain way. And then we just sort of go from there. And then t- typically, especially when it comes to pendulum stuff, further down the line, we'll get Kevin in or we'll get Perry in to do bits that we can't do or to do bits, you know, like, so it's guitars and drums to do them, you know, more live and organically or, yeah, it just it just depends. So you know, there, there's there's instances where you feel like you need to get an instrument on this part. You do it, and it doesn't necessarily work out. And then the you know the more synthetic electronic version of that kind of worked better. And 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 sometimes it's the opposite. You just you know something just suddenly becomes alive uh, um, <laughs> when you just you get a musician in to record it. And one thing I've always wanted to really ask, especially on the pendulum side of things, is that you've always kind of had that appreciation and fan base kind of mixed up between that drum and bass yeah. and element as well as rock and metal. And it's been really a gateway for audiences of both to kind of mixture and find each other. I was wondering really what your thoughts and appreciation for it was because it must be such a weird concept to think that you know especially with pendulum that you'd go and play a massive rave somewhere but then the next day could be at something like download festival or touring with lincoln park and the prodigy in proper heavy environments is it weird that it flips so much and that you see that crossover from time to time what what's weird is that we were ever associated with an urban UK music scene at all because <laughs> you know when get, moving to this country and then like getting introduced to all these MCs and and the, the real sort of background and ethos of jungle and drum and bass to to, to a couple of like white metalhead kids from Perth <laughs> in Australia it was just we just you know we were really fish out water we, we loved we loved the music and we obviously put our own take on it and we loved we loved it for what it was but you know I, I don't think you could say we ever really fit in with it you know we weren't raised here. We didn't grow up here. We didn't have an Adidas tracksuit. Like <laughs> we, yeah. you know, we we come from metal and punk, and so that's that's always been, I guess, a liability that it was going to seep into the music eventually. We we had a um, we we had an interviewer once. Her name was Laurence, and I I, I know she was French, and she I think she was, might have been Rolling Stone or it might be a different magazine. And she even said to us when she heard our first album, she said, "This sounds like a live band. It should be a live band." And that was that was a bit of an inspiration for making it a live band, whether whether it was conscious or not. The energy that we would put even on the electronic instruments had similar sensibility to guitars, so it it was always inevitable that we were going to end up at least attempting to put guitars and in, and in, into drum and bass and stuff. And I mean, just getting involved in that scene was a bonus. We never thought it was it was it was never a conscious uh, goal. It just happened. It just happened. And at the end of the day, it was amazing because, you know, you get the opportunity to go and see all the bands and the other stages that you'd never typically go. I don't think I'd ever have gone to download consciously if it wasn't for us being booked at it. And then you get to, you get to go and, you know, try and use Marilyn Manson's private toilet. 
Backstage demo. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, yeah, speaking of um, metalers then, how did um, how did the Tom Morello um, collaboration come about for uh, Knife Party? He hit Rob up, literally just like that. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> That's all right, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of fucking Tom Morello phoning me up. Sean, can I be on a radio song? Tom, leave it alone. No. Oh, no it's, 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 so, it's so annoying. He just won't stop calling. You know, get oh, it's so annoying. He won't stop calling. Yeah. yeah. He's listening to this. I know he's listening to this. He always listens because he rings me every week to give me a review. Um, the, the, yeah. the, funny th- the, the funniest part about that was we... we um, we're doing that ultra show. The big ultra show was knife party half and pendulum. The other half, the pendulum was a surprise when the stage flipped. We told Tom Morello we're doing, you know, it's a big electronic festival. You know, are you in? He's like, I'm in with bells on. And he said, but I want to play. Over, I don't want to just play this. I want to play over bonfire and I want to play over tarantula. We're like, we were trying to, we, we were trying to get the show ready and stuff. And we're like, we have, we, we don't even have, we, we can fit you in, which is, it sounds we can fit you in. We can fit you in for an hour of rehearsal time, because we yeah. only because not because you know it's fucking Tom Morello. Yeah. Um, you, you should be able to move heaven and earth for him, <laughs> but just the circumstances were we we didn't even really have a chance to sort of focus on that side because this was us bringing Pendulum back in a new technical format with all the equipment that we needed. So we were we were out in Miami rehearsing right up until the eleventh hour, and we didn't really have much time to allocate to doing knife party rehearsals because it didn't it was DJing we didn't need to rehearse but Tom Morello wanted to get on those tracks and so we managed to get him for an hour and the hilarious part is you know you'll know you know roadies and tech crew and road yeah. crew yeah they're not they're not typically phased by anything because they've seen it you know they've seen it all they've seen they've seen Mick Jagger spew on his shoes they've seen yeah you know they've seen like Lemmy throw a toaster at an oven <laughs> they've, done, they've done everything but when Tom Morello when Tom Morello came in for his quick rehearsal and plugged in you sort of gradually saw like everyone stop what they're doing in their peripherals and sort of like turn around and and start watching and just he just had the whole room just fixed on him and it's mad his guitar sound is I mean I don't know I don't know some people will know that getting guitar sounds is very and getting it consistent is a very difficult thing he literally just plugs the motherfucker in and it's just that it's just him. It's amazing. It was incredible. And, 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 and he was like, yeah, and I'm going to, I'm going to play on, I'm going to play on tarantula and I'm going to play on bonfire as well. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so we had to, at the last minute we had to, so we did a stripped down version of bonfire that had the tarantula vocals in it. And we took out loads of instruments so he could just jam over the top. And so what performance that we did that was streamed like 3 million people, that was it. That was the first time it was played. It was played. He just jumped on it. Like he Yeah, that's fucking mad. Yeah. But he's 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 that kind of musician though. I think I think he's he's just has that ability to just to just jump in on into situations that just not not be phased by it. Yeah, you mm. can't be mad at him if he fucks up any. That like, he, <laughs> like if he just went on and just fucking wronged it, he'd be like, ah, fucking Tom Morello. I can't be mad. He just strikes me as the kind of person that hasn't actually fucked up before, so he doesn't. It's not really in his lexicon. Yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> never, never in a bad note. Like yeah. fucking hell. But things Brilliant. like that must just be insane to experience when you know when you try to explain that to someone. It's absolutely insane. So like. Has there been any other moments for you like that that has just made you feel like 
what the hell how are these things happening how have we been able to maybe collaborate or meet these people that that have such a, a appreciation for again like on on that future music tour we were doing in australia i um somehow ended up in a in a white van from the hotel to was it soundwave i ended up in a, in a white van with wes boland and and <laughs> um and fred durst yeah to to go and watch their show and somehow ended up in the slipknot dressing room and sid it brought me up on stage and i sat under the stage under his little cage what? um for the show <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking brilliant i, I, I was I, I wasn't even particularly you know I, I didn't ask to he just said come and yeah. come get and in a fucking cage get in a cage and there was, there, there, he, he had flamethrowers either side of the big because there was a big corrugated iron plinth that he sort of stood on for, for his bit and yeah he, he said climb under that i was like okay all right yeah that's that was, fucking mad yeah how yeah. did the um how did the devon townsend remix for the reworks album came about because i was listening to that earlier and that is typical devon it goes fucking mental that's what we said to him. Can you give us the most typical Devon? Like, just give us the most, like, we know you're mad at strapping young lad and it's not really where you're at, where your head's at these days, but can you give us the most strapping young lad fucking mix? <laughs> and, and he did. Um, he's, he's someone, I mean, Rob's always been a huge fan of strapping and he got me into it when he showed me this, um, sort of in the early days of YouTube, I guess. And they had like a, there was a live show of them. And I think they, and, it was when they had the new drummer, Gene, Gene, Ho- Gene Holland, Gene Hogland. He's the most incredible drummer. You've got to see this guy. Big, huge guy. There was a, a raw bit of scream on that that we sampled for a song that is buried so deep you'll never find it, so he'll never know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then so we've always just been huge fans. And then we, we met him in Calgary, or was it Vancouver? Might have been Vancouver. Just hung out with him, and he was great. Very, very down to earth. Very. Uh, that's the that's the thing you get with metal guys is they're always they're always the polar opposites of, of any stage persona. They're always <laughs> they're always the, they're always the nicest guy. Yeah, saying that though, that is absolutely insane. They just get in a random white van with Limp Biscuit and then be put in a cage by Slipknot. I mean, the sentences you don't really expect to, uh, anyone to say, really. <laughs> Yeah, I was, it's it's fourteen year old me would have would have just probably had a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> just to just to yeah. Just well, thirty seven year old me has done something similar, and he's still jealous. So that yeah, that's <laughs> fair play. That's been good. Um, oh yeah, uh, another thing I just realised that you're the first person I ever drunk absinthe with, Gareth. Ooh, um, here we go. Was this was it at my house? Yes, it was at your house. Yeah, that, that, um, was, that was a bad house. It was a house of badness. I think it was, I, I, I don't know if I made it up in my head, uh, uh, if it was black, but I remember thinking it must be black. I remember drinking so I, it. I, so um, I back, yeah, I had three absent. There was a chili infused one. There was a green original one. And there was a black licorice infused one. And they were both, all three of them were 80 proof. No, the chili one, no, the licorice one was, probably about 60 proof or something, but the other two in the original were 80 proof. Did we set it on fire? Did we do it like properly? I think so, yeah. We had um, skull skull shot glasses 
And it was the first time, like, I'd ever tried absinthe, and I was, I hadn't drunk a thing before it. It must have been, like, eighty, the 80 proof one, because I remember you telling me you got it from some country, and, the, lega and the legality on it probably wasn't great in the UK. And anyway, <laughs> so we necked it, we, we had a shot each, and I was instantly pissed. And I yeah, just remember well, going, that's fuck it. And yeah, it just closed, it closed all my airways up, and I was like, Oh, it's petrol. It's lovely. It's lovely. But, uh, I mean, yeah. you, you, you can essentially pour it into your fuel tank and you get a boost on the car. But it's it's that it's that strong. But talk about a testament for sobriety. I mean, I can't even remember that. I don't even remember. I mean, I I can loosely remember details, but that's you know, <laughs> younger times. Yes, yeah, they were great as well. They were great. Um, yeah, yeah, more. <laughs> yeah. But like going back to um, you mentioned earlier, really about burning out and seeing other artists with the schedule, especially of the kind of EDM world and everything. How hectic would things normally get? You, you talked about having over like two hundred flights a year and the calendar just being full of it. I, I mean, in many aspects, is it? weird to think that you've traveled all these countries and sometimes you don't even get more than a few hours apart from the dj set to experience yeah. things because i'm sure with knife party and pendulum there is that little bit of a difference you know with the live band and that side of touring but flying around and just kind of focusing on those club nights and raves and festivals must just be a whole other experience in itself this and that, that's the reason why i don't think that rob and i got sick from covid because both of our girlfriends did. <laughs> we 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 had a, we had a trip to uh, Mexico, and our girlfriends were with us. And uh, when we got back, I, we didn't. I don't think we've confirmed that Rob's girlfriend got sick, but mine definitely did. She and she's got antibodies, so she definitely had coronavirus. And I never got sick. Mm. And we have a we have a theory that spending the last decade and a bit in a essentially a Pringles can full of farts and diseases <laughs> most, most of your life so to only then land in that country and go from a hotel straight into what is essentially a Petri dish of disease. You know, like, yeah. if you, I yeah. think if you do that enough, surely your immune system develops some kind of <laughs> supernatural ability to resist everything. Yeah, I was saying to the boys from while she sleeps the other week, it's like, how many venues where I've used somebody else's, you know, I've used the um, venues SM58. And, oh, yeah, and, it's, it's, and it smells a bit like bad breath because it's been spat on by the previous person. Yeah, there's three people before me have all deep throated it. So <laughs> I reckon, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm invincible to Corona. Um, this is definitely going to be clipped Touch and right. used late, later oh, on yeah. when I die. When I die from it, this is literally <laughs> going to be clipped and used later on. And I don't mind. That's fine. But yeah, I've, lick, I've licked enough venue walls and eaten enough Redding and Leeds mud. That, how, um, many, how, I, how, many, how many times have you been in a dressing room and just grabbed that cup that's got a quarter left in the, and just drank from that cup? Yeah. Yeah, could be I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too ashamed to say that I've probably even done that in the hallways of a hotel before. Just picked up a cup. But this is, this is, that's what develops immunity is, have you ever seen that thing where it's like, I guess like an animated gif of what a sneeze does. It's like a particle representation of like where a sneeze will go when someone sneezes. Think about if you see that and then think about that and magnify that to being in a nightclub every day for 10 years <laughs> yeah 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 you're just going to be inundated with disease 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. or standing on a front row and have them singing as loud as they can, shouting yeah. and yelling and breathing out directly at you <laughs> while you sing yeah. in their face. Yeah. I'm all I'm all for it. I've I thought that I think for a minute there in the beginning of the pandemic, I felt myself getting a bit agoraphobic and a little bit kind of ger- germaphobic. But I think it's done the opposite. It's it's made me realise that you need it. You need you need human contact. You need just to get all get all amongst it, just get all amongst all the diseases and and build up an immunity to it. Because I think you know if you're if you're you know wrapped in cotton wool, your immune system just doesn't even know what what to do. Sorry, I got just I got distracted from your point there. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but no, yeah, but with with that kind of during that processing you talked about the traveling as well i mean is there like any examples you can think of of where maybe you've literally had to like fly somewhere dj go straight to onto another flight or anything or just having to spend so much little time to country to country yeah all the time that that was the whole career with knife party it was that was that it was it was down to the fine tuning of to, to the point where we would have to start yelling at management and our agents because they were looking at these, this thing as a maths problem in how, in, in how to get us from A to B, but they weren't, sometimes weren't taking into account the actual physical toll it was taking on us. So they're like, so, okay, so look, you can do this show and technically you can make this flight and make it to this next one. And so that all that, that all works out. Like, Hold on a minute. When, when are we supposed to fucking sleep? And I'll just sleep, just sleep on the plane. Like, have you ever slept on a plane? <laughs> Do you know what quality sleep that is? So, you know, after, after it become a bit, became a bit inundating, we sort of became more hands-on with the routing of, of shows like that because it just, it just became too intense, which is why sort of in our latter years, we were very insistent on at least, at the very least, going to, to like local restaurants and local food, like, Nice. You know the you know the very typical Anthony Bourdain like where the fuck would you eat kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just just do, doing a mini Bourdain in every country that we would go to just just to try, try to make the most of it because you know I was in I was in Myanmar formerly Burma and I was there for a very short amount of time because it was just it was just a weekend stint so out on Friday evening and then I was back by Sunday morning. So I just had to, and I was like, I'm never going to Myanmar again. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just make the fucking most of this. And yeah, just made sure we ate local food and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I bring that point up because, you know, it, it's enough with bands of people to see a kind of tall poster and see people going from one city to another every day. But like when you see it on the other side of things, especially with DJ sets and see like, oh, they're playing in Paris at this time and then Belgium the same day at this time as well. It, you know, you don't get to experience really what you're doing that much where some people some fans might see that oh they're traveling all the time actually it is a a lot of hard work and a lot of things that you have to put up with in between big time big time and but you know you i guess you need to be careful to sound like to to not sound like you're complaining because you know there's there's a lot of worse things you could be doing we could be flipping gourmet burgers in australia so <laughs> every you know every, every opportunity is a blessing but also without sounding too cringy, you do want to be able to give your best to every audience. You know, even when it's not performing live and it's just DJing, you still, you know, still got a show to put on. You've still got people that 
that only see you once every couple of years and have paid a lot of money or not a lot of money or even got in for free, but, but they've come to see you. So you have to sort of be mindful of just making sure you're even rested up because I'm sure you guys would know that there's definitely been a couple of shows in, in the diary in the past where you've just phoned it in because you were just fucked. Like whether, whether, whether you were fucked from bad decisions or just bad destination routing that made you just exhausted, you know, we've all phoned, we've all phoned them in and you get to a stage where you realize that you can't be doing that, you know, very often because these, you know, these people, they come up to you afterwards and, you realize that this is that this was their night out this, this year. This was their big like. So you have you have to make sure that you're giving your best. Yeah, nice. exactly. Well, yeah. um, yeah. When when was your last uh, live set? Well, not live band set, but like live DJ set. That was not. It wasn't that long ago, was it? Well, no. We we went out to do a New Year's Eve show in Perth, Australia, which is a whole. <laughs> It's a whole podcast in itself, just <laughs> quarantining in Australia and just how Australia is at the moment is fascinating because it's, it's completely, there's nothing there. It's life is normal in Western Australia where we're from. So we quarantined for 14 days and then we we're going to perform at a big New Year's Eve festival. And then the premier of the state at the last minute decided under, under pressure, under duress from other Western Australians in, in other states, was pressured to open the doors to other states. So in, in Australia, they had they had state by state lockups. So Melbourne was rife with with coronavirus, but Adelaide was fine, Perth was fine, ACT was fine, and they're all next to each other. That's only because the individual states had the ability to sort of govern how they locked things down. So the premier of the state opened, decided for because it's Christmas, a lot of people wanted to get home to, to where they where they're from for Christmas. So he decided to open up the doors which then meant he had to shift the goalposts on the number of people that could attend a festival. So our, our festival got cancelled. This we found out on day 14 of our 14-day quarantine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. You really get to know yourself when you're locked in a, in a, in a small room <laughs> for 14 days. I can imagine. Call, yeah. call, call Rob didn't even have a view. I had a view of a street. <laughs> which was, some, was something, but Rob just had a wall, just a fucking wall, oh. and like the, the next building's air conditioner, and that was it. I think on day six, on, on, on day six, he saw a bird, uh, <laughs> like, a, a, like, like a seagull land on the fucking air conditioner. I um, I could see down to the street, but it was obviously just a street. It wasn't that inspiring. But yeah, locked down there for 14 days, and then we uh, were released back to our families and to normal life. But without having a show, we had to then come up with a, at least something to make the most of the whole trip down there. So we did a, a, a free show at a nightclub that we used to frequent when we were young. And it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't huge, but it was, it was fun. And for Knife Party, the last show we did was EDC Mexico in, in February, late February 20, 2020. Yeah, well, wow. yeah, no, I'd seen that you were out in Australia and you were, um, I think I saw some of that club show online and I was just oh, really? jealous. I was just jealous because <laughs> well, we were getting, that's, that's why we went, that's why we went home because we were getting jealous. We were seeing all these Australians that we obviously follow just living life, living life as normal, doing festivals yeah. and stuff. And we're like, we've got to get a fucking piece of that. Let's go home. Let's go home to paradise. Yeah. 
<laughs> but speaking of some um positive memories from insane touring and everything as well um i've got to mention because i i said earlier about you've been able to tour with some incredible acts over the years as well with the likes of lincoln park and the prodigy um who and what tours for you really stand out where they've treated you the best because those all the worst all the worst but but those hey, those those we'll kind take of a bit of gossip those yeah, kind of well. shows just seem to be next level with bands of that size and being able to play some incredible countries and venues with uh, some absolutely legendary acts lincoln park were bastards no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i think i think in retrospect i think they i think as a band they were going through some funny stuff at the time when we were on tour with them so i think they were because it's an American tour, I think they had like a base in New York and they would jet in every night and, and, and then leave immediately after the show. Oh, I think, so they did a new because, big, because it was a very long tour, I think as well, you know, they wanted to, they, they were doing it for a reason. So we didn't really get to interact with them. They, you know, they, I think a couple of them watched us at the Madison Square Gardens gig, but typically we didn't really get to interact with them at all. It, and they'd have, yeah, it was really interesting to see that side of things because that's the first time we'd really got into America, done a proper American tour, you know, where we had, we had a bus and then we had a, one truck that was ours and they had four buses and about 19 trucks that was theirs. And it was like Groundhog Day. Every day you'd wake up on the bus when, you know, when the, when the buses had the power turned off, so the blowers uh, stopped. Okay. So, you, so you're just breathing in your own carbon dioxide for a good mm. couple of hours before your body wakes up <laughs> from, from ox- oxygen starvation. So you'd wake up every day in another basketball or hockey stadium and wander, follow, you know, follow the signs that, that have been put up kindly by the, the Lincoln Park crew to find your dressing room. And it was exactly the fucking same. Every night we had the away team's dressing room. So, and they had the home team's dressing room. But all the, all the dressing rooms sort of like curtains and couches and, and, and coolers and ev- everything was identical every fucking day. I think someone had somewhere had like a, a plan and they just, their crew just set it up every day before our, before our crew had even woken up, their crew had been through and set up that, that days. So it was groundhog day. Just every day was exactly the same. Yeah. So I never it, get that with, I never get that with the big bands who do things like that, where they set up the backstage identically. Cause it's like, wouldn't you get bored of it? Would didn't yeah. you want somewhere different to oh, look it's, at? It's just it's mad. It's maddening. It was absolutely maddening. But I guess that's probably why they were flying in a private jet in and out every night, and not mm. actually. <laughs> I yeah, think that's the, true. The, the effective amount of time they'd spend in every dressing room was probably very small compared to us, which is the entire day. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were doing the same thing in Europe. Like we we did some dates with them um, on the Project Revolution tour and they were, they had like a hub in Spain, I think, and they were flying in and out and they would literally run off stage into um, limos. Into wait- and- yeah, in, into the waiting limos. And they have one, they have one car for each band member, which I thought I found, I, thought I found that quite weird. Yeah, that like was if strange. It, if, yeah. if it was us, it would be all of us in the back of a, of a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> even if even if we were heading to a private jet it'd still be all of us crammed into the back of a white splitter hmm. oh yeah uh, or oh, back in the day with a blackout raw power would have fucking gone yeah you can't spend a penny oh clear water any chance you could run to the airport straight after the set <laughs> no get us a taxi the very least um yeah, just send us the receipt yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. 
but that 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 was eye opening, and that was that was very different for us. It was um, ironically, it was just before. It, it was it was almost as if we Pendulum had toured America a year and a half too early, because it was shortly after that that Skrillex started to come through and EDM started to become a thing. So it's like it's almost as if we we just we just sort of missed the potential boom that was happening and because I think missed or started it secretly by touring <laughs> with Linkin Park to get the together murmurings going. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we can take credit for the runaway success that's, that Skrillex is. He just, <laughs> yeah, bugger. He, he just, <laughs> yeah, bugger. He just, he, he just came at a time. And that, that's the whole thing of music. It's all about timing and being in, being in the right time, you know, right place, right time. But I think that the Linkin, Linkin Park audiences from city to city were, were very, I, I don't even know if, if we were in the right place at the right time, if that, that, those audiences were particularly interested in being fed new music or, or, or a different kind of, a different point of view on electronic music. I don't, they're really open to it. It was a bit of a popcorn, a bit of a popcorn and hot dog sit down crowd that were there. To, oh, okay. That were just there, they were just, they were just there to hear none and <laughs> go home. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I told this story before, but when we played Greece with them, we played their first ever show in Greece, Linkin Park's first ever show in Greece. Wow. Um, to 18,000 people. You know, like you do with your first show in a, in a country, 18,000 people. And we went on and all the way through our first song, they just booed. It was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> we, we, had a, um, we had a bootleg of Master of Puppets that we played in that set just to metalize a little bit. And on a few on a few, on a few occasions, there, there was people that would just stand there with like that at us Fingers for, for the duration like. of the song. And once once we finished the song, we stop. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's, well, the, what I did was that like they booed all the way through our first song, right? Oh, they booed as we started. Then they chanted Linkin Park all the way through the song, and as soon as we stopped, I went, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> expect them to expect them to go mad, right? Silence, and I went. Linkin Park, Linkin Park, <laughs> and then they all went yeah, and I was like, cool, got you now, and got you. So we carried on playing. They enjoyed it. A couple of people started throwing bottles. So in between songs, I said, look, if you want to hit us with a bottle, you've got more chance all throwing them at the same time. So when we start oh, the song, that old chestnut, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we start the song, just lot them like just lot, not thinking at all that Linkin Park crew were going to have to clean the t- clean the stage as soon as we get off. But yeah, it was um, when when we was, when we the first time we played Download, um, we had a few like lead up interviews before that because because obviously like I think Kerrang and play, people like that were like this is weird that you're playing you know, such a big slot at download. So they did an interview with us and Rob had said something like jokingly said, oh, I heard that metal fest, I hope it goes well. Cause I've heard at metal festivals, if it doesn't go well, people throw bottles of piss at you. So bring on the bottles of piss. So, and then thought, Oh, I, prob- I probably shouldn't have said that in print media. And so that, so then wind forward to us standing side stage about to go on at download and, um, us deciding what we were going to do when the bottles of piss flew on stage. So I'm going to go stage left. You run stage right, and we'll just and we'll we'll vacate the stage <laughs> that way. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I accidentally caught I caught a pint of piss once and drunk it. Yeah, and it was all, yeah, it was no. only, yeah. It was in Cardiff, 
outside the Cardiff Museum, whatever, the big weekend it was called. Somebody threw a pint of piss. I caught it. I got halfway, three quarters of the way through it. And then I went, ah, oh, this is warm. And I yeah. went, ah, oh, this is piss. <laughs> Finished drinking it. Didn't, men- didn't mention it. So there was no win. that there's one guy in our crowd who went, I'm going to piss in this now. Piss in a pint. Then throws it and he goes, yes, the fat blonde can't coat it. And then I catch it <laughs> and he goes, he's going to drink and he's going to be fucking sick now. And I drunk it. Don't mention it. Surely he's like, what? You drunk my piss? Nah, surely he didn't. He would have mentioned it. No, no. Well styled out. Well styled out. Yeah, but I... It probably made me corona, no, corona, no wonder, corona invincible. Yeah. So yeah, no wonder you've not got so. sick. I mean, you're drinking bottles of piss. If, oh, you know, you know, the, the, the Welsh bear grills. Unless bear grills as well. <laughs> the Welsh no, bear grills. Bear grills. He, 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 I don't he, lives, <laughs> he lives in Wales, doesn't he? Does he? Does he? Bear grills. Yeah, double L. It would be sound, wouldn't it? Like Celestly. So it'd be, be, I'd have to be Bear Grylls. It doesn't really work. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. It's fucking terrible. But that's yeah, so weird. Um, is, there, is there anyone else that comes up to mind, though, in terms of touring? The Prodigy, anyone like that? Prodigy was great. They're great guys. Um, Keith is, was the, you know, not just saying that because he's passed away, you know, rest his soul. Uh, he was the nicest. He would always come and watch. He was... Um, because he was notoriously sober at the time, he would always live vicariously through us being younger. He'd be like, so what'd you do after the show last night? Yeah. And then, then, then what did you, then what did you drink? Yeah. Or oh, was there any birds there? Yeah. Like he would like for him. Cause, because he, I think he'd gotten to a stage where he had to be, he had a choice of, you know, continuing down a road of, of drinks and drugs or whatever it was, or just being, or, or sort of switching to being completely sober. And he was completely sober. Uh, and I think his reward at the end of the show was just, you know, a healthy banana and, and a smoothie or something. He was always lovely, always lovely to us. Nice. Liam's great as well. We've worked with Liam in the studio. Yeah, the yeah. Maxim's great. They're great, great guys. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, going to see you guys play with them at Warriors Dance Festival in Milton Keynes Bowl yeah. about 10 years ago. And that was like, that wasn't, with, that wasn't with Lincoln Park again, was it? These guys keep popping up. No, it was you. It was no, Prod- that was another one. Prodigy. Yeah. It was Pro- Prodigy. Us. Chase and uh, Status. Yeah, Chase and Status and Enter Shikari. Enter Shikari. Mm. God, love those guys. Hell of a lineup. Hell of a they're lineup. St- they're still they're still together. Enter Shikari, aren't they? Yeah. 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 yeah they're doing um, better than ever, I believe. Yes. Um, that's that's amazing. Yeah, mm. it's good for them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I try to think. Is there any other um, weird pendulum reactions you've had where? You haven't fitted in, or you've had like drum and bass heads complaining about the metal, or metal heads complaining about the drum and bass. Those voices are very loud and very few, and they're always they're always there, and they're always online. They're never at the show. You can you could never tell looking out of the crowd that there was fifteen to twenty people that are really, 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 really not enjoying <laughs> <laughs> what who, who you are, what you stand for, what you're performing, and and how and how the show went. But you know, it, it happens. The, the idea is just to is just to ignore it, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And guys, just a couple of uh, quick things now before you go. Um, I've got to mention the immersion record from 2010 because that definitely seemed to have put Pendulum on that kind of next level. And I know, like shortly afterwards, is when you get burned out, and it did seem you were everywhere at that time in that whole cycle. But like, what's some of your 
fondest memories from from that time because obviously you started we're playing arenas and all these festivals and everything is it a fond fondness looking back on to to that record now definitely um time is always a good healer of any trauma <laughs> um and when you are really caught in the moment with how important everything is to you at that time you can sort of forget to sit back and enjoy it which is very symptomatic of being perfectionists and and also just you know being sort of hyper focused on on trying to deliver the best album we possibly could so um, immersion was it was a great process it was n nowhere near as difficult as the previous album which was which was self-inflicted second album syndrome um immersion was amazing we you know we got all the collabs that we wanted on that and it all came together sort of perfectly. But yeah, uh, Wembley, playing Wembley multiple nights in a row was amazing. Just just the caliber of, of, of the show in, in how much it had stepped up. Obviously not realizing at the time what that would end up costing us, but just <laughs> to, 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 to behold, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting to work within flames that was incredible like they all they all they all turned up even though it was just essentially we we figured that you know we would get out we would get a few we would get a few screams from anders and that would be it but that in, like we had a really small studio at the time and they all turned up like and they all just it was kind of like when you see that the disney thing where they open the the car and like like loads of people get out <laughs> it was like it was like that but it was just it was it was metal vikings just walking one by one <laughs> into our studio and 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 since they were all there we got we didn't even do anders vocals that day we did the guitarists did their bits we um unfortunately already had a drum track so the poor drummer just sort of went upstairs and played playstation but we that we got the bass player in to do all those bits for self versus self and yeah that was that was a pinch me moment just having them all hanging out in the studio and and then and Anders came back the next day and just knocked knocked that whole song out in in one session. It was amazing. Nice, awesome. Well, yeah. Before you go, um, it was the other day. Funnily enough, about two weeks ago, prior to all of this coming about, I was listening to the Proxy song that we did together. That I completely oh, wow. forgotten that you were involved with. Um, it's called "If I Had a Penny to My Name." If you want to go back and uh, and and have a listen, and yeah. Yeah, I haven't I hadn't spoken to Jordan for a while, but yeah, I spoke to him online the oh, other day. And crypto, crypto Cobain, as he's now known. On, yeah, on the, that on is the, on, the, on the crypto <laughs> twist here. Yeah, he's um, wow. he's doing all right with her. He's doing yeah. all right with us. <laughs> I saw him with um, Mark Cuban. He did like a yeah. live stream with Mark Cuban. I was like, that's Jordan, <laughs> who I couldn't get to fucking FaceTime me. I can't even get a FaceTime off Jordan, right? Because he, he like he, I don't know, he just seemed a little bit shy. And then next minute, he's fucking with Mark Cuban talking. About Cryptocurrency. I was like, "The fuck is going on?" He's come a long way well. from the boy we knew. Yeah, doing, but doing yeah, he's well. killing it. So congratulations to him. Um, mm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him giving me some fucking advice because I've got a clue when it comes to all this cryptocurrency stuff. So, <laughs> um, well, don't 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 buy it today. Whatever you do, it's up so high that it's. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to come down again and then it's going to go back up again. That's, this, is, this, is not, this is not financial advice. <laughs> yes, it is. I take it. Now, write this down. Put all your money time. into it, Sean. Yeah. Well, everything I own, is everything. it? Right. Now. Buy now, is it? Right. 60 grand. Don't, is it? don't buy now. Buy later. Then, <laughs> then sell them. When it's high. Sell when it's high. 
we've been <laughs> we've been entrenched in crypto since 2013. Rob discovered it as a it was a he discovered it as a a method for donating money to WikiLeaks because Ian Assange was going through all that, and so he's like, "What do you think of this this crypto thing that he discovered?" And again, it's a it's a story for another podcast. But we we had a load of bitcoins back in many many years ago, and we lost them through a company that went bankrupt in Japan. Oh. But, yeah. But, you know, but this, this is it. You know, these, these things are quite scammy and you have to be very careful to all you kids out there that are getting into crypto. Got to be very, got to be very careful. You need to buy low and you need to sell high. It could be worse. A couple of weeks ago, there was a story on the local Welsh news that someone had thrown out a memory stick with two million pounds worth of Bitcoin, oh, right. and, and he and he offered he offered a cut if if the garbage, <laughs> yeah, could, yeah, if, yeah. If, the, if the waste disposal people could help him find his hard drive, <laughs> he was going to offer he was going to offer the council a cut. <laughs> like, yeah. Mad. Fucking, why wouldn't they just keep it themselves if they find it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. why. Uh, but, no, because they wouldn't be able to get into it. He, oh, he, oh, the codes. Okay. Yeah, you need the codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, encry- yeah. it's encrypted. Clues in the title, he's, Sean. Crypto. Yeah. He's the, he's the one that could have done the runner. He just has to move move county. Oh, gutted. But yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for giving us your time. <laughs> yes, it's been, um, it's been pleasure. fucking so good to see you. Yeah, um, you too. And hopefully, hopefully we can hang soon. Oh, I'd love Gareth. Gareth, you don't even realise I would fucking love her. I am busting to fucking see people. I am busting to see fantastic live acts. So I am busting to see Pendulum and I'm busting to see Knife Party. So thank you so much for giving us your time. Good luck with everything. I I say that you're not going to need you're not going to need it because you're going to fucking kill it (laughs) as always. And uh, yeah, let's do one of these in the flesh. And yeah, thank you as always. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Yes. yes, lovely. I fucking love rekindling with people <laughs> that I've um, previously lost touch. It's not even lost touch. Like, we've got each other's numbers. It's just, you know, you get into these fucking ruts where you're so focused. Like, we do this every single week. So, literally, if you think about it, my timeline or our timelines are like fucking podcast comes out Friday, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday is just promoting. And then back to it Monday then of sorting out shit for the next week or trying to find guests for the future and all this. So, like, we're so blinkered that I I genuinely forget to reach out to people. Um, But, yeah, it was so good reconnecting with Gareth. um, And I've literally had some wonderful times with Gareth. uh, Well, I'd forgotten about until (laughs) until we did this podcast. So, no doubt he'd forgotten about it as well. But, yeah, that night we spent in Ibiza... Uh, where a villa ended up getting trashed. Wow. Was, um, rock and roll, was, uh, Sean. Rock, rock and fucking rock and roll. Yeah, I went to see Pendulum play. Where the fuck were they playing? What was that club called? Amnesia. I think it was Amnesia. And it was awesome. Unbelievable. Sean, Sean loves a laser, right? Yeah. Sean never got to have lasers with the blackout because it cost too much. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went out there, saw them. They were amazing. And then me and my ex-girlfriend went and hung out with them at the villa. And yeah, one thing led to another. And it ended up us being awake at five o'clock in the morning. And then there's statues and sun loungers and chairs in the pool. And none, none of it done by me. I'd just like to say, if you own, if you listen to this podcast and you own a villa. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you're still furious to this day. 
I had fuck all to do with that, despite talking about it right now. Right. Um, but two, yeah. Two quick things what, from what? that, though. How would you get a statue into a pool? I'm guessing it wasn't like bolted to the ground, because if it was, then that's very impressive. One man picked up. Basically, I think it was a bust. It was a bust of a person, right? right? So okay. it was like top off, top <laughs> off of a ch- of a chiselled, carved man from stone, right? right. Yeah. To be honest, I never felt the statue, so I don't know the heaviness of it. It could have been looked like stone was some something else, but I think it was stone. A certain person, no names, because you know we're not grasses. I'm not six nine. Somebody picked it up and threw it in the pool. But yeah, at the very bottom of the pool, there was a top off of a man. That's, top off of a rock. That, that's rock not what you want to find when you go for your morning swim. Um, but. Oh, you imagine diving in and headbutting that fella. <laughs> Bang! Oh, fucking hell. But no one would believe you either, because if you came out and just told people where it happened, they'd be like, oh... Covered oh, in blood, like, covered in blood. <laughs> What's happened to you? I headbutted a fella in a pool. There's nobody in the pool. Yeah, there is, man. Go and have a look. Oh, fucking hell, there is. I. Who's plonked him down here? Sean knows the answer. Get in touch. Um, yeah, thank you very much to Gareth uh, for having us. Uh, for having us! For coming on. Um, it was a good laugh. Yes, and of course, please go and check out all the new music they've been releasing. 2021 has been full of new singles, including Nothing For Free, Driver, and Come Alive. And I can tell you, right, it's a little bit of a secret, but if you keep your eyes out, there's going to be an announcement regarding even more new Pendulum very, very soon. But I can't say anything else, because we'll probably get into trouble. So keep an eye on their social media website and everything for all that pendulum goodness and i'm sure there'll be loads of knife party stuff in the future to have a dance to as well yes um yeah very very excited about the new pendulum stuff love that song driver keep your eyes open thanks again to gareth um this was a top top laugh i enjoyed seeing him and uh yeah or i hope that i get to see him soon and we get to do one of these in the flesh well, lucky you said that, Sean, because Pendulum Trinity, the new trio DJ set from the boys, have announced a lot of UK dates as well. So go over to their website for all the dates and get a ticket ready for your party, summer atmosphere and everything like that. Um, are they coming to Cardiff? Yes. Yes! I don't know if that's announced, but yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> if, yeah, if they take our back and they they unannounce it now, we know it's because of this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, probably. Imagine Just... that. Imagine they cancel gig. Oh, Sean thinks Sean thinks they're coming. Oh, knock it on it. <laughs> um, but. Let us know your thoughts about this podcast or your excitement for Pendulum, what you think about the new music, anything at all, at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We love a message and we love hearing from you and what you think about us daft Welsh idiots. Yes, and as we previously mentioned, check out patreon.com forward slash happening. I know we mention it each and every week, but it it literally goes into keeping this going each and every week. So patreon.com forward slash happening. There's loads of treats there um, for you to get back uh, for your support. And yeah, thank you very much to everybody who's part of that gang already, part of our cult, part of our crew, part of our family. We love you very, very much. And this would be impossible, which is French, oh. but very, very difficult. 
without you guys so yeah please please check out patreon.com forward slash sapnen yes and while you've mentioned that sean if people go to the description of this episode they'll see a load of names i've put in there that we need to thank but as always you're gonna give a mahusive shout out to the elite members of our patreon community those are the top tiers sometimes they do change their names they need to do it more often because it's always a good laugh um but you're going to see what, what's going on now and say thank you to these wonderful people. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yes, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Liam Connolly, Drew Styles, Paul Hirschfield, Kelly Ewing, Kat Bess and Sammy G, Amadine Urbano, Ooh, Ickup, Shani Meyer, no, not Ickup, I'm not thanking someone called Ickup. Shani Meyer Boxer Anderson, thank you very much, Tony Michael, Sarah, I'm getting fucking old, James, yes you are. Thank you very much, Justin Dunn, Amy Campion, Murray Grimwood, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Tom Owen, Dangies, TJ, Sean Thunderstruck, Smith, Ambler Shattuck. That is in reference to me going on the Heavy Networks Twitch and having to perform Thunderstruck with with using my mouth only. It was dreadful. Check it out, twitch.tv forward slash the Heavy Network. Thank you very much, Kate Stevenson, Jenny Munster, Emily Senegals, Danny Eaton, Becky Andy... Lucy Diaz, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Jenny Robinson, Marcy Jacobson, Sharifa Wadali, Jason Heredia, Caroline Robinson, Alice says, I'm old, I'm not, maybe, screw you guys, I'm going home, Craig Harris, Carl Pendlebury, Kevin Clark, James McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Livy Cropper, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Chris Howard, Ollie, shave ourselves. Amesbury, nice. Now I know why you'll be loving this shit right here, J-O-S-H, Crispy is right here. That's um, wow. That's a stretch. Joshua, Joshua Crispy, yeah. Um, it's, he's getting worse. I'm noticing he's getting worse at that. Um, I'm sorry for anybody listening to this who's now at the Dave ruined by Josh. Um, thank you very much, Alice Wood, Adam King of the Goths, Parcel, Keris Andrews, Simon Amos, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins. Thank you very, very much for being part of our podcast community. You guys are the best.
best. You really are. Like, listen, I know we go on about it each every week, but oh, you do so do, much for do us. We? So we... Tell you what, I'm fucking <laughs> sick of going on about it, but I fucking love these bastards. We, yeah, exactly. We love them so much. And if we don't go on about the show, who will? A little bit of self-promotion doesn't hurt anybody. But yeah, if you'd like to get involved with all the madness behind the scenes and in our Patreon cult, please head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Um, this has been a really cool episode. I've enjoyed getting to know Gareth a little bit more, especially because, you know, predominantly our guests are rock and metal. They are metal heads at heart, but it's nice to have that little different insight into the EDM world and everything. We'll be back next week with a very heavy episode. Ooh, teaser. And is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap this up? I'm trying to work out what the fuck you're on about every episode. Are you on about the sumo wrestlers? The sumo wrestlers we interviewed. Imagine the photo. Next, week, next week's is sumo in podcast with Sean Smith. Imagine the photo oh, of you if, uh, if we got to do that in person of you, me, and two sumo wrestlers or something. Fucking hell. <laughs> I think we need to do that now. I think that's that's um, yeah. Get in touch. That's happening, Pod. Let us know if you want us to do an episode on <laughs> sumo wrestling. Because fucking God knows, I know nothing about it, but I wouldn't mind having a, a finding out. So yeah, um, yeah. Thanks to everyone. Um, next week's episode is going to be a belter. Thank you very much, Morgan. Thank you very much to Acast for having us. And uh, cheers to Gareth again. Fucking check out Pendulum. Go and watch Pendulum. I will be seeing Pendulum when they're playing. Um, later this year or next year or whenever they're coming near me so yes thank you very much and fucking Sapnin you're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts Um, thank you very much